0: This is Joey Diaz and you're listening to all you radio. You're beautiful baby. Thank you for your time guys. I love you guys.
1: Only Podcast OU Radio, and it hurts so good.
2: Sasha Bloom.
1: Oh, I'm pissed off, sir.
2: Oh, you're pissed off. Yes. We just came on. The <laughs> listeners are all cozy. They settled in. They buckled their seatbelts. And you're pissed off.
1: Yes, that's why I played Doom and Gloom to start the show, sir. Is that right? Yes. Why are you so pissed? I've been getting trolled on Twitter, sir.
2: Ah, alright. Well, I thought something bad was going to happen.
1: <laughs> trolled on
2: Twitter. I feel like we can hang. well, who's who's trolling you? Are right, you getting a number of trollings?
1: Oh, I've probably been uh, retweeted and tweeted at probably fifteen to twenty times. Okay. The one who is starting this nonsense, he, nonsense. He goes by the name Brian Gilmore at Shirley l just two. What a stupid name. How are people gonna find you? i was I was about he, to
2: say, what is that
1: name? He's a dad. Husband, rock climber, I hope you fall off a cliff, gamer, dogs, Democrat, Washington State. Gamer. I noticed you put gamer in there.
2: What, uh, was this guy uh, been trolling you before? Is this, uh, you guys feuding for a while?
1: No, I've never heard of, or... What started this? Uh, where I work. Okay. At iHeartMedia, what was Clear Channel. They have two very big expenditures on their payroll, one being Brian Seacrest, or Ryan Seacrest. (laughs) I was going to say Brian Seacrest. (laughs) Might as well be. I should change his name. (laughs) And the other being uh, Rush Limbaugh. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And so Brian Gilmore tweeted at me, at Mr. Underscore Bloom, at iHeartMedia. Darren Davis paid Brian Gillick $900 an hour to investigate Doc's top 10 people of hashtag StopRush. Imagine the threats. It doesn't even make sense. It's a dumb, dumb tweet by a dumb, dumb man. So that that doesn't sound like he's particularly mad at you for that. Oh, yeah. So what they're doing, it's not just him. There's this coalition going on called hashtag StopRush. Apparently Rush Limbaugh kind of blamed the Ebola outbreak on President Barack Obama, you know. Okay. I'm starting to
2: get the picture now.
1: Yes, and then there was another one that Mr. Rush Limbaugh did. Did you see last week, uh, it might have been Thursday or Friday, when the CEO of Microsoft was talking in referencing a woman during a speech? I didn't see this, no. Uh, Basically, and I'm not... Accuracy police don't get on me too bad here, but she said, how do I go about getting a raise, you know, trying to break the glass ceiling? And he threw out a remark basically stating, well, if women don't ask for a raise, they're never going to get a raise, right? That w- oh, yeah. That'll yeah. get some attention. Oh, yeah, especially by the bloggers and the feminists. And so should they be up in rage with that statement? You know, all, all people that work hard should get a good pay. And so it was in the media. and but here's so anyone on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram who attaches themselves with who they work, you know, because it is a socially networking device Twitter is, you know It's much like LinkedIn or anything else. So in my portfolio, it says, "I proudly work for iHeart Media and Pac12 Network, right? Okay. And so I'm getting this now. somehow they created some type of search engine device to find everybody on Twitter who is associated with iHeartMedia, and they started spamming them saying, "How dare you work for iHeartMedia? How can you support Rush Limbaugh?" <laughs> right. Gotcha. Do you think this guy's real? Well, I'm thinking about uh, texting him and to have him call in.
2: Oh, okay. Do you know this person? No. Oh, I okay. Don't... So uh, maybe this guy's not real. Maybe he's a bot. Maybe well, he's an see. anti-Rush Limbaugh bot.
1: So I'm going to tweet him right now. Why okay. Why don't you call in my show and discuss Rush? Right. Okay,
2: yeah. I'll see if he responds. That's so 10 there 10 haven't months. been any tweets back since that initial one. Did you send one back?
1: Oh, I did, and okay. I, I mistakenly probably erased it, you know. No. I basically said, what's your problem? You know, like, why are you calling me out? Like, because it's a weird thing, like... Did you look at his Twitter feed? Did he, Does
2: he have a lot of uh, tweets at people with the same, same sort of thing? Yes. So, okay, so maybe he's not just singling you out. Are you more upset with his politics or the fact that he's kind of lumping you into something... Keep my
1: name out of your mouth. That's what you're more upset about. Like, Clear Channel hires gay people, lesbians, transgenders, and they hire creeps like me. You know, someone whose lifelong goal was to be a part of a great radio show. Yeah. I don't need to be a host. But how can you antiquate my life in radio to Rush Limbaugh? There'd be no juvenile diabetes walks or breast cancer awareness walks or on and on of the free charitable work that iHeartMedia does had they not have such a commercial success as a Rush Limbaugh. He pays the bills for all the charitable stuff.
2: So you're a little bit more upset that he's lumping you in with, uh, with some political views, but you more so just work, you, you're, you're a, are a worker, you're an employee. You don't necessarily share the same views as everybody in a company. That'd be too crazy.
1: Right. Is that your beef? Right. You know how many people I work with in media that are liberal? Mm-hmm. Most of them, because it's it's uh, people that work in media are very creative. Most creative people are pro-choice, pro-marriage, pro-gay rights, pro anything that has to do with being a kind person. Yeah, and I'm not saying that liberals are more kind than Republican. It's just they tend to lean left. I'm a journalist. I don't care either way. I don't. I don't vote republican i don't vote democratically i don't vote down the middle i'm an objective citizen that's my job as a journalist
2: okay yeah so you're a little bit mad that he's not looking he he thinks you're not objective but that's just a dumb argument on his point to think that everybody under a certain umbrella is on the same side yeah
1: yeah yeah it's arrogant it's offensive and then not to reply it's like the audacity of you who and what are you? Yeah, I guess you're a rock climber and a gamer. You're doing a whole lot to serve mankind. The gamer
2: part I like. What a jerk. It's kind
1: of like if I got cut off
2: by somebody who drove a Chevy and then I hated all Chevys. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't know about you. It's like, nice to meet you, sir. What kind of car do you drive? I got Malibu. Ah, we can't be friends. I got cut off by a Chevy 1989. I don't forget so easy. That's the kind of an umbrella statement he's sort of making there.
1: It's lazy, it's inconsiderate, and it's mean. It's, it
2: kind of looks like he's looking to
1: pick a fight, though. It's trolling.
2: Trolling and yeah, in, in the most.
1: What happens if I go after him on Twitter? F you. What up? You know, let me know where you're at, and I'll come fly to you. I can't. He'll tell on me because May- that's the type of people this guy. Probably is this guy is. maybe
2: just trying to get you to engage? Well, I just called him out. You know? Okay, well, let's see if he, he gets back to you. Oh, he won't. But I think you're kind of stoking the fire by getting back to him. These things are like a brush fire. You can't okay. fan them. You can't put water on it. You got to let it burn out of something else. It's like a hyper kid. Okay. You got to let well, him
1: burn out his own. Here's what I want him to teach me, because all you radio here is at the end of the day, not only does it present a fun and funny uh, show and people who are fun and funny, but it's also a place of education, right? So teach me where i am such a morally repugnant person because i'm getting the same paycheck that pays rush limbaugh because i'll quit my job you completely impress me in the argument i'll quit my job because you know at the end of the day i want to be a good human being i'm not interested in harming people i'm not interested in participating in violence. And then, you know, the flip argument can be, oh, well, commercial advertising's been destroying planet Earth for, you know, the last 60 years. Well, some people get in media not to be commercially involved, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, I
2: think this is an argument that uh, maybe we we could make to the end of time,
1: you know? I mean... As far
2: I- as, like, uh, yeah, you work for this place, this place bad, therefore everybody's bad.
1: I mean, where does it go? Should... I feel from a moral, moral point of view that when there's a commercial on the Pac-12 network, which essentially pays me, mm-hmm. should I feel bad for that? Because this company chooses to try to sell their merchandise on a product that I work for? I, you know, where, where does it go? Where does it end?
2: I think you can find certain type of people are looking to be angry. You know what I'm saying? Like we, anytime there's an event or something, I think, and there's a group of people that get mad of it. I think everything could be going perfectly in the world, and certain type of people would still be mad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes there's a type of person you know or a friend you have where you already know their reaction to something. Like, oh, they're gonna be mad about this. So I, I think that's a little bit of a type of person who's coming at you there, attacked or called out about working for the company you work for before. No. No, never. Never. No one's ever given me a hard time.
1: I've never had a hard time on Twitter.
2: No, I can't say I ever have either.
1: You know, no one's ever been a jerk to me.
2: I kind of halfway think that this guy is not a person. I think this is a Twitter bot that's just looking for um, hashtags and keywords. Is that possible? You think that might be something?
1: It's completely possible. I think he's just trying to get
2: under your skin a little bit.
1: Well, he did a good job. Are you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, we're kind of making his point almost. Would you say you are uh, somewhat protective of where you work in general? You know what I'm saying? Like if someone were to talk about your company, you have an overall positive view of your your company. You like working there. You like working for them.
1: You know how difficult it is to make it in media in a top 30 market? It's very difficult. It's not easy. There's a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to work in the dream of radio and television broadcasting, and I do it and i do it very well both in radio and television and so yeah it deeply offends me because i'm so passionate about my career and you know you can ask people in this community i work at the best television program in utah and i work at the most successful radio station in utah it's not like i'm working at the number seven program channels On the platforms in Utah, no, right. I've had awesome. So you got some pride associated with where you work. You're damn right, I do. Okay, yeah, I think we're gonna have pride in this show. You know, with us not being able to go on demand, and kids not under—not kids, but grown men and women—not understanding how much time that I have invested in this show, three years of my life.
2: Yeah, no, that's a lot of time, and I think it's one of those things where you can have pride in something. Even if you're not totally happy with that, something like the obvious example of this is like one's own family. I've seen family members get in fights with each other, and then the second someone, uh, another family member, or not, not someone outside of the family jumps in, then they get mad, be like, hey, no one's gonna beat on my family but me. You know what I'm saying? No, sure. So it's one of those pride things where like, this is my, or hometowns are like this too. I will talk so much trash on my hometown. To the point where I'll be thinking of things that I haven't talked trash on my hometown. But if I ever meet someone and says, like, where are you from? And you tell them, and their response is sorry, I want to strangle them. Have you ever had that where you <laughs> yes. tell someone, where are you from? You tell them your hometown, and they say, oh, sorry. Like, well, what kind of jerk move is that? That you tell them sorry in your hometown? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of world we live in where if you're not from L.A., New York, Miami, or Chicago, where you can
1: just trash a hometown... Oh, it's ridiculous, and and how especially in media, how the goal is for a lot of people is to want to move to these big markets. Yeah, well, mostly for the paycheck, you know, because as your audience instantaneously gets bigger, so does the demand for commercial time. But Rush Limbaugh does this show from—did you say Miami?
2: Yes. Yeah, he's out yeah. in
1: Florida. But even then, I don't even think that's a top five market, you know.
2: I don't think it is. You know, the other thing with the hometowns, by the way. You ever, you know you live in a crappy town
0: <laughs> yes, sir.
2: where someone says, where are you from? You name the town, and then you say the mileage closest to the biggest town.
0: <laughs> you say, where are you
2: from? <laughs> uh, I'm from Reno. You know, it's like uh, 700 miles away from L.A. You know, like go to L.A., take a right. It's Reno. That's where I'm from. Hey, where are you from? You know, like Boca Raton, you know, just 85 miles from Miami. It's right there. <laughs> That's how you know you live in a, in a dump of a town or you, you don't name your town, you just name its proximity to a bigger town. I know that as a, I've done that myself.
1: So 8 minutes have gone by since I've called out Gilmore.
2: Gee. Gilmore, let's call him Gilmore.
1: <laughs> Gilmore. Hello Mr. Gilmore. Gamer. I'm, yeah, gamer. I
2: wonder what games people what 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 he's into. That's obviously video games. Wouldn't it be weird if we we're like, well, what kind of game, video games are you into? And he's like, yeah, Scrabble.
1: It's probably Mostly World of Warcraft. It's not
2: anything that we think. We think geeky <laughs> games. Guy goes by his screen name. But he's like, yeah, I have Scrabble. I'll play Sorry every now and again, <laughs> but just Scrabble.
1: People are retweeting him. You think that this organization made a whole group of bots or created a list to just retweet themselves?
2: Yeah, I don't put anything past the internet. How many followers does he have? How about that Good he's probably question. got a
1: lot. No, but people that have been retweeting him have a lot. Let me go back to Gilmore, and he uses the Mad Magazine face. What's that character's name? Alfred E. Newman. Yeah. I think you're talking yeah. about. He's got seventy-two followers.
2: Oh, is this guy might be real?
1: Yeah.
0: He
2: might be real. If it was like a lot of followers, I would say maybe this person is is uh, is is fake. But if you only got seventy-two, yeah. That might be just like his other buddies, his other, other gamer buddies.
1: Hmm. Well, How many people does he follow? 137.
2: I think I'm going to go on a limb and say this guy's
1: real. Oh, of course he is.
2: I mean, like, he's a real person. Like, I don't think this is a fake Twitter account.
1: No. And I don't even follow iHeartMedia. I don't follow the Pac-12 network. I, does only, he, uh, I only follow people that follow me. You know? Yeah.
2: Does he have any uh, pictures on his mm. Twitter thing? Like, is there any pictures of him?
1: He's got a couple of pictures. No, no pictures found.
2: Uh, back to maybe this guy's not real.
1: He's got a lot of favorites.
2: Oh, really? He's got 17 favorites. Let's see if we can get a profile of, of uh, this uh, gamer. What was his name?
1: Oh, Brian Gilmore.
2: Uh, gamer Gilmore. <laughs> gamer Let's see if we can get a profile of this guy from just his Twitter account. He's got no pictures, mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of followers, doesn't follow a lot of people.
1: Everything to tweet has to do with dem- the Democratic process in terms of getting Democrats over.
2: Okay, um, this guy's a Democrat.
1: He's a political junkie.
2: Is is there a hometown listed?
1: Yeah, uh, Washington State.
2: Oh, right, right. Washington State. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a, uh, that's a red. Uh, what's the Democratic one? Red or blue state?
1: Oh, they're blue. They're total, but okay, it's a, it's still it. a very. I mean, they've got legalized marijuana, but marijuana passed like fifty one forty nine. Okay,
2: what about Seattle is
1: liberal, but once you get out, you know, it gets pretty Republican.
2: What about um? Who does he follow?
1: Mm, just all types of liberal people.
2: All liberals, okay.
1: I got a truth dog to retweet his truth tweet. Truth dog, me. Yeah. Pick
2: up his new rap album.
1: Southern liberal in the land of, the of media contributor to, corpse. People.com, chronicling right-wing messages at treatdog, tumblr.com So they, they don't like me because I work for a company that has Rush Limbaugh. Oh, okay. That's
2: how old do you think this guy is? Gilmore? Yeah, how old, how old is he? He's mm. a gamer. He's very democratic. He's
1: probably 37.
2: He's on Twitter, but he doesn't have a lot of followers. Yep. You're in the late 30s. Mm-hmm. This guy has also fallen into the category of the uh, guy who would, you know, commit a crime, like a big crime, Timothy McVeigh style.
1: Oh, like a, like a the, vegan uh, terrorist?
2: Yeah, like a militia type guy. <laughs> always Save white dudes, monkeys. late 30s, college
0: educated,
2: and uh, into gaming, into Scrabble. Okay, yeah. so he's late 30s,
1: Mhm.
2: white guy. Yeah, uh, oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah He's probably probably a church goer But Religious guy Not a deep church goer Just like his wife is probably religious And he goes along See now I want to know about his sex life
2: Yeah I was going to ask that too Like what kind of logins does this guy have He's
1: probably a perv To
2: to certain sites
1: Truck stop guy
2: And if so Can I have those logins (laughs)
1: Yeah no, you'll <laughs> probably be on a federal watch list. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs>
2: that's right. All right, just a couple logins yeah, then. Don't creep. give me the whole catalog. <laughs> what about, do you think, uh, what kind of car do you think this guy drives?
1: Yeah, Probably a Subaru. Oh, Subaru? Mm-hmm. I was going to
2: go a Honda Toyota man.
1: Honda like Toyota. an Elantra. Maybe a Fiat?
2: Over 100,000 miles on it. Oh, yeah. He's probably slept in that car a couple times.
1: Yeah. No, okay. It, it's uh, what weather up there. We're painting a picture. But he bothers me. Like, I don't understand why you just – because I'm on social media, what gives you the right to just call me out to millions and millions of people without engaging me in a dialogue? Like, if I were pissed off at dot Republican guy or dot liberal guy, I'd say, hey, why do you support these ideas? I'm curious. But no, just call them out. Yeah. Like, screw you. It's a little bit
2: of taking a wild swing without, you know, really looking at the details to it i'm trying to think how i would react to someone calling me out on something that i it, are, am not necessarily firsthand involved with you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so yeah that's a that's kind of a shot that you're like hey man what did i do i'm just sort of doing my thing in the world you gotta like uh, come at me with sticks here yeah yeah it's a little weird it's a little petty on his part
1: I mean, how else am I supposed to learn how to broadcast in radio? There's so few outlets these days, you know, and if I work at another, is working for a top 40 station, is that morally repugnant because girls talk about getting sex and their big butts and um, men talk about... That's a
2: good radio show, by the way. (laughs) Girl sex and big butts.
1: Might raise the numbers a bit. I might tweet at them.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Things are going good for you, sir?
2: Yeah, things are good. I had a birthday uh, about a week and a half ago.
1: Congratulations, good sir.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what's weird about my birthday? I have a birthday in early October, so I always forget when my birthday's coming. <laughs> so, because it's in October, and it'll be September, and I'll be like, oh, my birthday's not till next month. Right. And it'll be September 28th, and the next week will be my birthday. And I'll be like, oh, right, birthday.
1: Don't you have a mom or sister to call you and remind you?
2: Yeah, yeah, I have a mom who would do that. You know what's weird about my birthday? I officially feel not old, but old-ish. You know know that age where, like in your 20s, you were always young? Right. And you got to your 30s, you'd be like, hey, I'm pretty young for 30. Mm -hmm. 31, I'm pretty young for 31. Now I feel at a point where I'm definitely not young.
1: No, I'm the same age as you. Yes. Almost middle 30s. Yes. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit of the white in my beard.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. A little gray beard.
1: No, white beard.
2: A white beard. Yeah. Like Michael McDonald from the I Doobie so. Brothers?
1: I hope so. Jerry Garcia. I think I'm, because I'm a red-haired man, most of us don't turn into the silver fox. We're more of the white owl.
2: Type oh, of. white. Yes. Yeah. That's a good look, though. That's that a look good look. That look is coming in.
1: That's a good look. That look is good. And what's
2: also weird is, you know, I was thinking of my friends who are younger than me. You ever have the friend who acts old when he's nowhere near old? You had the kid who's like 26, 27 years old. I was that old. guy. Oh, you were the guy, yeah. and uh, you wake up at 10, you're like, oh, I'm getting old. And the guy who's 31 is like, you're not old. Yeah. By the like, could but not have a more backhanded yeah. insult to a guy who's older than you by you saying, I'm getting old.
1: Yeah, but, you know, at a time when I was, you know, 11 to 20, I was trying to become a professional athlete. You became a professional athlete. And the grind on young men and women who are athletes as little people, when they get to our age, they're beat up.
2: That's true in, a, in an athletic sense or a human potential body sense. Yeah, late 20s. I guess you could sort of say no one's getting more fit at 36.
1: It's all downhill you from know, here, know,
2: Unless bud. you were one of these kids that was really fat and at some point you got like on the System, you saw like Dan Marino on the uh, commercials, <laughs> and you're like, I'm gonna get my life together. <laughs> you always have that moment, you look in the mirror, and you're like, it's so simple, like, I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. <laughs> I got on System. <laughs> I like how uh, uh, commercials will like dumb it down to one minute of like notion, we're like, I gotta, I gotta get it together. Like the size like 48 pants wasn't the, wasn't the notion. The depressing, the bed springs wasn't the moment. It's like, I looked in the mirror, I didn't like what I saw. Did you look like this for 18 years, buddy?
1: Yeah, I'm about at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a reason why you haven't had a good girlfriend in a year. Yeah fat
2: ass well i i like because you could say that you have a a fat people i don't i want to get on the fat people bandwagon you always have a built-in excuse (laughs) for everything so i'm not particularly heavy
1: sorry i smell bad
2: (laughs) (laughs) say like i'm not heavy but i have the exact same results as a fat person what do i have to blame I can't go like ah if I if I just thirty pounds. I'm too skinny. I'm too fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's like, damn, this fitness. <laughs> my, you know, my
1: six pack hurts uh, women. Yeah, <laughs> so
2: I, I'm upset at fat people because you're making me look internally, and I I don't like what I saw. <laughs> I look in the internal mirror, and I'm like, I don't like what I see.
1: Yeah. God, he's so handsome and fit, and he's thirty-four and single. Oh, he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> also,
2: like when uh, come New Year's comes around, and you got like the heavyset girl, oh, yeah. and uh, big delicious, and she says, uh, I- I'd work out, but uh, yeah, I don't want to get big. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. That's your, that's your apprehension, sweetie.
1: Uh, see, now we're gonna get in trouble for fat shaming. Why don't you add that to me, Mr. Brian Gilmore? Yeah.
2: yeah. A well, jerk. Why? Why are we so easy to put shaming in a negative sense? You know how much stuff I did out of just fear of ridicule alone? (laughs) (laughs) Fear's a great motivator. I'm not saying, you know, go throw rocks at fat people, everybody. But, like, if uh, a fat person, like, got a little motivation, of like, I better get it together. I don't want to get ridiculed. That seems like a great motivator. Why is fear all of a sudden a bad motivator? You know? It's weird. I I think fat shaming was, like, sometimes you hear – a uh a sort of little trend going on and you sort of figure out I, I think I know who invented this. <laughs> I I think I know who came up with fat shaming. It wasn't a skinny person who was like, hey let's all get get fit together. It was probably someone who got mad at a skinny person making fun of them.
1: I get in trouble all the time for the way for my motivational tactics. People get really saddened when I tell them to do better or work harder or I'm dissatisfied with the way you do things. And maybe because I'm stern, maybe because I have a beard. I don't know what it is.
2: Okay, yeah. Do you ever have a coach in a uh, middle school or high school? That's all they did was shaming. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, students fell in line.
0: <laughs>
2: you know? I had, a, I had a coach in middle school. I was on the flag football team. He called one of the players fat person. Yes. Didn't even give him a name. Didn't even call him by his name. He <laughs> called him Fat Person. Hey, white buddy. <laughs> we would play this game where you would, he would throw the football to one of the kids, and you'd have to run around, and he would pick another kid to go chase him and pull the flags, right? So he'd throw the, the ball to a kid, and then he'd look at this other kid, and he would say, go get him, Fat Person. <laughs> that kid didn't start crying. He didn't like instantly be like, wait a second here. Wait, I'm going to tweet at you, at health teacher. He went and got the kid, and that kid formed an eating disorder.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure, yeah, he probably worked harder, probably got the scholarship, got the cheerleader.
2: The hard part is with the, with the shaming is there's only uh, one, one or two ways you can go. One side to the extreme positive or one side to the extreme negative. <laughs> there's no like, ah, shrug it off. It's like, oh, I got to get it together. Or I'm going to eat my feelings for the next 18 months.
1: So Brian Gilmore just failed on both of those. He wasn't quite mean enough. He just was like a little gnat, you know, with no real bite. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: I don't think any of these twi- anyone who's who's going for a Twitter sort of impact. I don't think any of them really have a lot of bite. I'm gonna say this guy's an only child too. Hmm. Drives a Honda Elantra. Only child. Late 30s.
1: Like is REI his rock climbing thing?
2: Maybe, but I see him more of a a guy who could be into, like, say, Quidditch or something.
1: Do you think that he wears the leotards when he rides his bike to 7-Eleven to get his vitamin water?
2: (laughs) You're getting oddly specific there, (laughs) Sasha Bloom. Makes me think you've got some experience with this. (laughs) Seeing people cut you off in traffic to buy vitamin water at (laughs) 7-Eleven. Maybe. I could see him being really into something, but I don't think physical. Because he's a gamer. Gamers don't see the light of day a lot.
1: You think his wife's hot, or is she one of these beautiful people we're talking about?
2: I don't think he has a wife. Mm. I'm going yeah, to say there's not a lot of female interactions.
1: So is he divorced because she cheated and moved up to a better man or a woman? Or does he have women by, kids by multiple women?
0: Mm.
2: I don't see this guy getting down in the sexual sense. Okay. You know, I, I see if there was a marriage and there was a divorce, I think the wife just um, packed the bag and left.
1: Does he believe that Al Gore invented the Internet?
2: Oh, that's a good one. I would say this is if you were to ask him that, that is in no way a short answer. <laughs> no. No. is not one be like, I believe he did. And moving on.
1: Where did global warning, warming start under Gilmore's perspective?
2: Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know because I don't even know en- enough about global warming to even ask that question. People like always ask me like political things, who are you going to vote for? I know nothing, and I go out of my way to know nothing about it. I'm into the sense where I almost think the more I know, the dumber I'll be about politics.
1: <laughs> well, I hope he gets arrested for jaywalking. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that he's too spineless to call good old old video. bothers yeah. me
2: would have been interesting, though, if he called. Oh, you think? Do you think you could have kept it together? Would you fly off the handle?
1: I wouldn't. No, I'm a professional broadcaster, sir. Okay. No, no, no. I would, All have, right. I would have complimented him. I would have thanked him. I would have uh, read out his Twitter more than I had, even though it's a very dumb Twitter handle. I would have supported that. I would have followed him. I would have...
2: Now eh. You should follow him. Follow him back. Ooh. you should tweet nice things or you should retweet his hate tweets
1: well, i'm gonna dangle this i usually am a tweet and deleter you know yeah. which i'm not sure is a good thing but i'm gonna leave that one up overnight
2: like a twitter equivalent of hit it and quit it
1: yeah if i don't get immediate response it's figured it's not good enough so I what if he it.
2: called you a white beard on the air
1: uh, let's say what up
2: yeah it's almost a compliment yeah
1: Hey, old man. Yes, sir.
2: Hey, old man. <laughs> hey, old white beard. You should change your Twitter handle, by the way, to Whitebeard. White I should. Sounds like a pirate.
1: Like a Norwegian
2: <laughs> pirate.
1: Whitebeard. Well, the way these diabetes are coming on because I'm so fat and disgusting, I might become a pirate.
2: You could start a band called White Beard and the Diabetes.
1: Uh, it's better than my son's band's name and I. <laughs> We're uh, Sasha Bloom and the Farters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sasha Bloom and the Farters? Yeah, hit
1: old George Thorgood up to see if he'd play a uh, backup guitar for us. Backup? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he goes, I'm a hack. You wouldn't like me. <laughs> it's
2: like, let me refer you to the name again. <laughs> He's a... Wow, polite, mo- politest uh, turndown you could have asked for there.
1: So we have an exciting show coming up here soon, sir. What are we doing? Who's coming in?
2: Yeah, coming in today. We got a good guest, fellow comic, someone I um, know pretty well, and uh, started comedy with almost to the week. I want to say. I want to ask him about this.
0: Okay,
1: what's to his him. name? His
2: name's Bimo Lejeur. Bimo's his guy. first name. Bimo's his first name. B-E-O? Yeah. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go into that because that's not his real name. He's got his story of how, uh, or I hope he's got a story of how he came to that name.
1: He's a Jeopardy guy, correct?
2: This guy a, has won Jeopardy a few times in He's the 90s. He's won Jeopardy. I want to say he won Jeopardy, we're going to have to ask him about this, four or five times.
1: Did he, I, well, who was the guy from Utah that was... Ken Jennings. I wonder if that inspired him.
2: I think he may have uh, gotten into an altercation with him over some sort of internet. I'm going to have to ask That's
1: him. That's so awesome.
2: So, because I've known... It's one of these people I've known a while, but I never really, like, asked him about his roots, his root stuff. So, yeah, comedian... Academic type, bemolejour. It's going to be interesting to talk to him.
1: So, I was listening to the old radio the other day, uh, driving down the freeway, uh, the I 15, and I heard the Bee Gees song, Tragedy. And I'd heard it before, but I fell in love with the hook. Okay. Not sure if it's appropriate to like this song. I am completely marveled by the guy's voice. Who's Do you know who the lead singer of the Bee Gees is?
2: Uh, I think his name's... Uh, there's an Andy Gibb and a Barry Gibb. I forget which one is which. It's kind of. And he
1: died, like, by AIDS or something, uh,
2: One he? of them died, yeah. There was a, a big falsetto memorial for, for the band. Hmm. I can't remember.
1: A tremendously successful band.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bee Gees are a force. It doesn't know Bee Gees?
1: When I was a kid... If you were caught listening to the Bee Gees, you might get beat up.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, I could see. They're kind of a pop band.
1: Uh, but well, they were Kinda seen dance-y. as a gay band, right? And growing up as a kid of the '80s, early '90s, get beat up for talking about gay things, being gay. Yeah. Listening to the Bee Gees. Listening to the Bee Gees.
2: Bee Gees were weren't they one of those uh, bands cool. that were in uh, in that baseball stadium where they burned all the records?
0: Yes,
1: uh, the Disco, disco Inferno. Is dead. Yeah,
2: yeah, they, they were probably in there. What other bands would get the disco tag? Bee Gees has got to be top in there.
1: Okay, Robin died in 2012 of struggle with cancer. Would you uh, turn on the old tragedy for me, sir?
2: Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And
1: then uh, we'll go to break after this song. When we come back, we will. We're doing a game show again, right?
2: Oh yeah, we're gonna play the game with Bemo.
1: So, does uh, Jason Harvey lose his title then? Like, if you don't defend it in 30 days, you lose it? Is that what we're doing? Oh,
2: I kind of like that. Yeah? I kind of like that. I um. Well, this is a new game, and we're going to sort of structure different. So, bemo has got to set the bar. He's got to set the bar and uh, sort of do, kind of like, let everybody know what else is going on.
1: Hmm. So, this is... Uh,
2: Okay, just take this in for a second, and if I were to just play this song for, for you, just try and guess what decade this would be in. When the aliens come to Earth. This is how they can identify us by our songs.
1: That's a crazy voice.
2: You know, the funny thing is the name of this song is called Tragedy. It sounds like the most upbeat song ever.
1: There's a lot in the lyrics. but This yeah. is where it gets me right here.
0: Right here, Patrick. You're, you're
2: love, yeah. song
1: and then that's this full butt rock mode here Where you're like on your knees, clenched fists, singing yeah. <laughs> Just
2: imagine a couple of uh, people in the 70s I'm guessing this is late 70s, maybe early 80s
1: 79, I think
2: 79, driving down Boulevard in a Pontiac Firebird
1: Long hair Oh yeah Cocaine dust on your nostrils
2: yeah, before cocaine, before we all knew cocaine was seriously bad. Yes. Cocaine was like chewing gum.
1: Taunting syphilis as you drive down that road. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Taunting syphilis. Another good Twitter handle, by the way. And
1: with that, we'll be right back. This is OU Radio. Thanks for listening, people. We appreciate you. Hello, I'm local celebrity and heartthrob, the janky. I'm not as good-looking in person, so when you see me, don't you dare look at me. Just let me talk in your ear. Join me as I talk about politics, the supernatural, and saving the economy through the knitting of many hats. Tune in to Camp Jackie with Jackson Banks Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Attendance is mandatory. Hey, everybody, this is George Severson, news director at ABC4 Utah on CW30 and Me TV. You're listening to Old U Radio. Have a great day. Hey, this is Sasha OU Radio. Don't forget campers. Jackson Banks in at 9 o'clock. Patrick Ramirez, how are you? Good, sir.
2: Good, sir. Second
3: hour.
1: We have a genius in studio. Comedian known as BMO. How are you, sir?
3: I'm fine. How are you, gentlemen?
1: Fantastic.
2: Good. Good. Thanks for joining us, BMO. Yeah. You're always thinking... You and I started doing stand-up, I want to say, within two weeks of each other.
3: Probably three years Is that years right? Ago. When yeah. was it? When did uh, you first start going up? I started the day that Steve Jobs died. When was that? Yeah. Um, three years ago, this month. Yeah, yeah. I want to say we were within the first week. Possible. Of
2: going up. Yeah, yeah.
1: What was the symbolism behind that?
3: There was none. That was just a
1: coincidence. Just, huh? just a
3: complete coincidence.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like we like started like trudging it out at the same time. That old like class of, of us, there was a few names that started within that month.
3: Yeah, Seth Tippett's and yeah. Travis Tate, <laughs> Christian Piper.
2: He was a the little
3: show. later, but not much.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh, you have like an interesting story. I'm always curious. Like, you have like an academic background. You're like one of those guys. Yeah, that like I'm like upset with in high school. <laughs> sure, a little bit. He's <laughs> the one that
1: ruined the curve. That's right. Yeah,
2: you would be the guy who the teacher says, "All right, this c- course is graded on a curve," and then you walk through the door, and I'm like, "Ah!" Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> why is he
2: in this class? Time to get
3: a drop slip. Yeah, yeah.
2: add drop period, that was uh, yeah. You would be that guy. What's your uh, what's your academic background?
3: Uh, well, I graduated high school. Uh, and then I spent,
2: <laughs> don't rub it in. All right. Humble brag.
3: And then I spent 15 and a half years in college.
0: <laughs> wow. So you have a
1: PhD or? A PhD. In? Astrophysics. Oh, Jesus. Holy
0: <laughs> cow. How do
1: you, for, I'm, a, I'm a communication major. <laughs> for
3: uh,
2: for uh, our listeners, i.e. me, dumb person, how do you, what, what is astrophysics? Because to me, you say that and that means the conversation's over.
3: Yeah, well, in fact, that's what it's designed to do. It's really astronomy. <laughs> is it, I knew it. It's astronomy. So if you're on a plane and you're sitting next to somebody and you want to talk to them for the whole flight, you tell them you're an astronomer. And if you want them to shut up and go do something, you tell them you're an astrophysicist. I you know, see. So this alone. is a
2: way of you being very, very antisocial.
3: Yes. Oh, got it. Which was the plan all along. That was the plan? I knew this
2: so guy
1: was outside of Albert Einstein's love letter books that they adapted, you can actually read his books like the theory of relativity and all that stuff
3: Uh, i can't read them in the original german but i can can read the translations yeah (laughs) slacker
1: always good at math when you're little yeah just came right natural to you yep because my son's that way like he got to the regionals and the science fair like i didn't complete algebra till like my senior year of college like i should have failed in high school but i had a kind teacher that just kind of seed me away
3: have you used it since then Oh
1: God, no! See,
3: I can't. <laughs> even, I don't even b-
1: use my checkbook. That's like, the big lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's very important to be proficient with mathematics. I think it's good to help your reasoning and uh, it's good with imaging and creating conclusions. But, but being a comedian, you're also very verbal then and articulate and you have you
3: haven't seen my comedy <laughs> I actually have not I've
1: seen a lot of comedy in this Count your
3: blessings mr. Yeah. <laughs> bloom articulate's not the word I would use Can't. verbal perhaps
1: that's rare though you don't often find someone that's so good with mathematics and applied sciences what? and a communicator
3: yeah but that's why I came to it so late I didn't start until I was 45
1: so you're introverted so. a little bit growing up yeah okay
3: what did your parents do Are your um, parents intellectual types Not really. My mother's a nurse or she's retired now. Uh, My father's retired from life because he's dead. But before that, he was uh, in the Navy and he did communications and he worked uh, for the phone company for a big chunk. Oh,
1: Mm -hmm. really? I was a board op guy in the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a lot of my mentors in media um, were in the Air Force or Navy doing communications and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. They all became engineers and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, he, his, te- his title was consultant engineer. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that was, but I assume it was deciding where the phone lines went.
0: <laughs>
2: what, uh like, growing up, did you know an academic field was your thing, your calling? Did you, as a kid, did you have any interests that I would say were outside of school? Did you play sports? No, God, no. We're into booth but you <laughs> as soon as I asked that question, I was like, why are you asking that? Question? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're into movies. Because you don't strike me as a super introverted academic type. You know, you seem you have a lot more personality than someone who's like super, you know, head in a book all the time. Am I wrong?
3: Well, you're not wrong now, but you were wrong five years ago.
2: Okay. That recently, five years ago. Yeah.
3: What kind of kid were you then? Just an anxious bookworm.
2: Really? Yeah. Read books.
3: Yeah. I, in fact, worked in the library in second grade. Uh, In second grade? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're ahead, ahead of your time.
1: I had to work in the library, fourth grade and fifth grade after my four core classes because I was such a disruptor. Huh. The only way that I could, that anyone on campus could get me to behave was working in a library. So
3: that's what you get. You get people who are way advanced, and you get people they want to shun off. Because <laughs> <laughs> either way, you know how to put books on a shelf. Yes. Dude,
2: would you say like today?
3: Say there was a kid like
2: you today. Would you call? Would you say that kid is like, like? Um, I don't know, what you call it? Special? Or like as a kid, where you... You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Where like, you're like, is that kid... Gifted, I believe, is
3: the polite term.
2: Okay, you would give yourself gifted, is the term. That's not a title I gave myself. (laughs) Was anybody worried about you as a kid? That you were too introverted?
3: No. Nobody was paying attention. No?
2: (laughs) By the way, that would be what an introverted person would say. Self-deprecating, well, no one was paying attention to me anyway.
3: Yeah.
1: Did you go to public school or private school? I went to public school. What was it like to be one of the smartest kids on campus? Because I imagine you were. you know, Maybe not at that point, but uh-huh. as your career progressed, you certainly have shown yourself to be uh, very intelligent, I would assume, with the degree you hold.
3: I don't know what it was like here. This is in North Carolina okay. in the 70s. So they were actually trying back then. <laughs> um, and they would. They would divide up the yeah. class according to, to groups, and there was this they stuck in a corner, and I was in that corner, and we did different work than the rest of them, mm-hmm. and then eventually they went, okay, why don't you go work in the library for a while mm-hmm. instead, so.
1: So did you go to Duke or North Carolina? I went to University of Texas. University of Texas, okay. That's a good school. For astronomy, it was yeah. a great school. They have a uh, NASA's down in Texas, aren't they? Don't they? NASA is,
3: in, uh, is just south of Houston.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever want to become an astronaut or...
3: No, I did not like planes or anything shaped like planes.
1: Is it hard for you to want to be part of a community when your mind is off thinking about space and infinite time and worm theory and all that kind of stuff?
3: Well, I mean, like I said, I was, I was very anxious and introverted, so it came natural. I was just going to sit in a room all day and read a book. Mm-hmm. What were you anxious about? I just float free-floating anxiety. Uh huh. How does it general manifest itself? Um, Do you have panic attacks. Do you know what the Irish exit is? No. That's when
2: uh, <laughs> you're in a room. Is that rain? when you get thrown out <laughs> of a bar by the back door by your uh, no. belt?
3: No. The Irish exit is oh. uh, I'm going to leave now, and I'm not going to tell anybody. So you just disappear from a place, and then oh later boy. I want to ask you where you went. Well, I just left.
2: Gotcha, so you just sort of disengage from groups.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. Sounds like a good lifestyle, sir. I would have saved a lot of heartache and trouble and trauma had I not had friends as a young man. The Irish exit.
2: I never heard that before. <laughs> so, like, did that at growing up? Were you aware of this uh, anxiety? Did it bother you? Was it something you were? Yeah, and no,
3: that you yeah, struggled you, with. Yeah, yeah, you plan ahead. You always uh-huh. know how you're going to get someplace and how you're not how you're going to
2: leave it. I see. For how did you have this as a teenager?
3: Yeah, I had. Um, I mean, I still kind of have it, but uh, yeah, it was really bad. Between fifteen and thirty-five, I'd say. Did you have friends? That sort of burn its way out. Yeah, I, well, you like know, a you, small group. The thing about astronomy is very few people do it, so that you're already in a small group. You don't have to worry about segregating. Yourself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I oh, think I my see. my graduate so You sort of found your two.
2: You found your colleagues essentially. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that was enough. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get on the SATs? You remember? Uh, fourteen hundred. And that's out of, 1600, out of sixteen hundred, right? Out Oh, they're really slacking out there, huh? With a fourteen hundred, it's the Are you verbal. Sleepy?
3: It's the verbal.
2: It's the verbal. There you go. What's the other one? Yeah. ACT.
1: It's verbal and all ACT. Yeah. yeah.
2: What's uh? What'd you get on that? That one I don't know the scoring
3: system of that. It's out of thirty-five, and I got thirty-two. Oh, Really?
2: And then from there you like apply to UT. Did you have any hopes of going to other schools? Did you want to do?
0: Crazy uh, MIT, schools. Scalp, Harvey. i was
3: never going to be able to afford yeah. Ivy uh-huh. League or anything like that even back then when it was five thousand dollars a year now it's of course ludicrous
2: yeah so go to ut and you got your undergrad in what astronomy i got it in astronomy yeah why astronomy was there any other
3: because uh, i made terrible decisions and <laughs> just before i started college there i decided i did not want to major in computer science you know where the money was in the '90s. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, and so. So' to Not me, too it,
2: smart there huh, yeah, I, know. <laughs> well, I decided be minuses are looking pretty good.
3: I didn't want to spend all day sitting in front of the computer, and uh-huh. then by the time I graduated, all of astronomy had been computerized, you have to sit in front of a computer anyway, but I was making a tenth of <laughs> probably what I could have. Oh,
2: <laughs> I see. when did you come to that realization?
3: They kept telling us, oh you know all these people are going to die off and then you'll get their jobs." <laughs> And they were right; all those people died off, but they didn't. They closed all the positions.
2: I see.
1: Most people so. who have spent the amount of time you have in academia actually make their career as a professor or working on a campus. Have you done that? Do you I've, want to be an educator?
3: I've taught, mm-hmm. and I've done research. I, w- I did a postdoc in uh, 2000 mm-hmm. to 2004. Turns out, uh, as bookish as I was, it really wasn't a great fit. Teaching was okay. I did some of that on the side uh, a couple of places. Mm-hmm. Like at Ri- when I did my uh, my master's at Rice, and so I had to teach physics lab there, and I did my Ph.D. at Arizona State, so I had to teach astronomy lab there. And that sort of gets you some teaching experience. And I've done some instructor work, but I haven't, I've never filled a professorship.
1: They have a huge uh, telescope at Arizona State, or right around there. Is that correct? Uh,
3: Kit Peak is... Um, so south or west of is that Tucson? what drew you there yeah i did some observing i did some of my phd observing how
1: cool well i'm jeal- i'm not jealous of you but i i it's very neat meeting people that go into that type of field because like i like i had a friend that once said to me how come you never look up in the sky like when you're walking because i don't i usually just look straight af- forward or at the ground has your head always been looking toward the sky when you were walking, or? Yeah, I mean,
3: I looked up when I when I came out here. Yeah, but that's more about out of habit. It's how bad's the sky inside the city? Well, I can see fifty stars. That's terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah, yeah. like a lay person, uh, you know, you look in the sky. What what do you see up there? If you were to tell me, you got to look at the sky, and I say, why? What do you tell me? As a lay person, looking up there, what's fascinating about it to you when you? As
3: a lay person, I think certainly in cities we've we've been heavily disconnected from the way that the sky works but just go out every night at the same time and look and you'll notice the sky changes slightly from night to night
2: oh i see depend yeah night to night a little bit over the days the weeks the months
3: yeah basically the sun is moving across the sky over a year and it's blocking out different parts of the night sky because it's bright and so you'll notice, oh, I see Orion now, and then a few months later you go, where did Orion go? It's over there. And now I'm, I'm looking i like, I see.
2: What's what, what's like one of the coolest things you've seen, just observing stars and sky and looking through telescopes and stuff. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really set you up for that one. Put that one on the rim. You just slammed it down.
3: I was lucky enough because my advisor uh, at Arizona State worked on the Hubble telescope, so he got a lot of early stuff, and I saw the Eagle Nebula, which is probably the most one of the most famous Hubble pictures ever. I got to see the data come down. He came out of his office, showed us all and then went back in and closed the door. Wow. Oh really? And What's now you see this thing everywhere.
1: Is that a way of him showing off to you guys or Yeah, well <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Look at my nebula. Take a look at this.
2: Guys, take a look at this, losers. <laughs> you guys playing with your abacus down here. <laughs> discovering eagle nebuluses.
3: Hey, you always got a big time in the room, no matter who you are.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's funny you put jocks together, geeks together, you're, it turns into Lord of the Flies inside of t- six hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you strike me as someone who's, like, a bit obsessive?
3: I don't know how I strike
2: you. Is there a- <laughs> yeah, You should
1: strike them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna <laughs> get a black eye
2: and a definition of eagle nebulous by the end of the show. Uh, are
3: you obsessive? Yeah, I have, I have some manageable form of OCD. Yeah? I do weird stuff.
2: Uh, what, what are you obsess about? Is it hard to get through the day or you, you no. manage it fine?
3: No, I, I can manage it fine. Yeah? What's but
2: one of the things you obsess about?
3: I have to take an even number of steps on the stairs, so I either have to skip one or double up on one. Oh, really? That sounds difficult to manage. It can be, yeah. Yeah? How long have you had to deal with that? Uh, My whole life. Really? That that hasn't
2: gone away. No? The obsessive steps, tiles. You got a real, like, Rain Man thing going on.
3: (laughs) Yeah, except (laughs) I I suck at... um, Anything
2: practical or useful? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you're just annoying the rest of us, is what you're saying?
3: Yeah. Oh, great. That's okay, you're annoying me, too, so it's a tie.
1: (laughs) I have a question for you, One
3: hand washes the other about washing hands there's
1: theory that calculus (laughs) was created through Gometria or the hebrew alphabet uh newtonian uh calculus have you studied hebrew do you believe that calculus came from hebrew or
3: here's what here's what i know newton was a freak yeah uh he was he was kind of a weird guy he might have had ocd but um he um was very much into sort of like the the bible code sure. or for what yep. passes forward in the 17th century I don't know if I mean I would not say that it's rooted from that mm-hmm. but I would not be surprised if there were parallels between it that helped drive him towards, towards calculus what also helped was being trapped in his house during the plague
1: yes <laughs> People. okay I have another question there's alternative historians to, to go back to what you were saying that believe that humans have been intentionally disconnected from the atmosphere and from space um, kind of you know, they're brought into cement concrete jungles and they don't know how to facilitate themselves in nature. Do you think that one of the problems we have as humans is we're not connected with our bodies in space and time?
3: I wouldn't say it's intentional, except for, of course, nature is scary and you want to get the hell away from it and why not live in a building. But I think the disconnection is bad because it, completely disconnects you from the state in which we evolved which was some knowledge uh, you know it's like Benjamin Franklin said there's two types of wisdom weather wise and otherwise mm-hmm. so I mean really we don't think about it looks like this tonight maybe it's going to rain we just look at the weather report so we've lost a lot of the practical knowledge we, well, we've traded it for a more technological based existence
1: is it good for the humans as a whole or
3: I think it takes all kinds. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we certainly have enough astronomers. We have more than enough from what I've seen of the job listings <laughs> <laughs> and how many people I know who are no longer involved in the business.
1: Wow, that's weird to me that, that is it just in America or is that the uh, same type of thing in Europe? And
3: well, since the economy cratered, especially in Europe, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's been a problem. There's kind of a, there's always been an intellectual bent in America Mm-hmm. Um, Hofstadter wrote about it um, Asimov wrote about it I think Asimov had a, had a saying uh, The problem with democracy is that It makes people believe that my knowledge Is equal to your ignorance
2: Yes So my grandpa would always say to me too by the way
3: Yeah yeah. A big
2: and and uh, yeah and wear uh, flip flops in the shower He's uh. <laughs> a wise man
1: <laughs> So I imagine that In your teens early 20s Middle 20s you spent most of your time studying, doing homework, writing theses. Where does Jeopardy come into your life?
3: That's just sort of an absorption problem. Okay. I mean, I wasn't just an academic. I would sit around and watch uh, a lot of TV, which, in you know, we were talking about the 70s here. Um, there'd be a lot of film noir on TV I'd watch. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen The Big Sleep probably 50 times. And just a general sense that, well... If I forget it, I'm just going to have to go learn it again, so why don't I just remember it?
1: Oh, wow. So <laughs> You enjoy the show, Jeopardy!, you like game shows. Yeah. And you became a contestant. Yep. What inspired you to get in front of a national stage and show how smart you are?
3: They pay you.
1: <laughs> they pay you.
3: <laughs> if you do well. You make money doing it.
2: How do you uh, – what's the um, application process to it? Because I imagine everybody tries to get
3: on that. Well, now you can do it online. But back uh-huh. then, they used to go from you – could, you could fly there and take the test in person. Or they take would come test. from city to city. Uh-huh. So they came to Houston, and I, you had to send in postcards. So I, sent, I took 20 bucks, and I said, how many postcards is this? And that's how many I sent in. And I got picked. So then I took the test, and then said – they said, don't call us, we'll call you. And then they called me.
2: Postcard – you take a test, they call you. Yeah, there's they gotcha. had
3: they had facility for 300 people to take the test. So mm-hmm. they randomly selected 300 from the, from the postcards.
2: And they called you.
3: Yeah. Now you can take the test online, uh, and then there's some process after that that I'm not familiar with. What so was the test like? It was easy. Uh, oh, it was easy, huh? <laughs> yeah. It was a written test, which they showed the Chiron just like they would on the TV. Uh-huh. On the TV, what am I? On? Let's say, what am I old? Yeah, <laughs> on, I the tube, on the, the tube, kids. Tell us more, Grandpa Bemo. So we'd watch it on the on the <laughs> Telestrator, and then there was a mock game, where they gave you and they gave me a uh, a bell, you know, like a bell, hot bell, and then we just played a mock game. Oh, okay. Because they wanted to make sure that you could that you could perform as one would perform on the show, because they don't want to see a bunch of slugs on there.
2: They didn't ask any uh, background questions, your academic history. No, no, and I just you take a test see what we got
3: yep oh wow name address test
1: test would you get six figure uh winnings on a show that you won or
3: uh now i would now Uh, you would yeah all right this is how this was uh 21 years ago
1: okay and so um, this is mustache trebek right yes okay
3: yes Uh, which we had last week (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, the now return. It's, now it's gone, direct. That's also <laughs> a
2: fine consolation, too, if you look up in the uh, autumn sky. You can see Mustache Trebek.
1: <laughs> it should be a consolation.
3: Well, I think in 90, oh God, I want to say 99 or 2000, they doubled the money amounts on yes. the board, and that's really the only change that they've done. So I got, I don't mind telling you, it's a matter of public record, uh, I got $62,000 in my original appearance. I wow. hear that
1: taxes are steep on game uh, show winnings. Upwards about fifty-three percent, roughly. No, um, no.
3: I had to write a check to Uncle Sam for fourteen thousand two hundred fifty-three dollars, because since I was still in graduate school, <laughs> uh, my other income did not really affect yeah. the total. Ah, so I just for really the time, California took whatever they take, seven percent.
1: So the what was the guy's name, Pat, in Utah? That
2: oh, uh, Ken Jennings. Right, that's the major name. Yes, we all know from Jeopardy. Yes, right? although
3: he has moved to Seattle. Ah,
2: ah. So did you uh, get to uh, you? You said you got to meet that guy, right?
3: Yeah, I've met him a couple of times. I yeah, met him. there was another tournament, the, uh, friendly in
2: competition th- there.
3: Well, Any like friendly? I didn't get to play him, which is very, very depressing. Oh, you never me. did.
2: Think could have no. took him. Think it took him down.
3: I mean, I'd say it's a push. Cool. Um, I went back in 2005. They had a huge tournament with 150 former contestants, uh-huh. basically for the honor to play Ken Jennings in a final. And I got to the quarters on that. Oh, really? So I did meet him then. And uh, he was here signing books a few years ago, so I went to go meet him again, and he recognized me, which I thought was odd.
2: <laughs> oh, that's cool. He were
1: probably you, uh, studied you.
3: He might have. Yeah, yep. he
2: probably has a picture of you in the corner of his mirror <laughs> yeah. that he works out to and uh, crushes DMT every little. afternoon. I think he's much
3: more <laughs> concerned about Brad Rutter. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, were you nervous first time you were on Jeopardy?
3: I was. N- the only thing I was worried about, and I still don't, still did not enjoy it, um, was the interview part. That was the only thing oh, I was Oh yeah, about.
2: yeah, that's right. Because he would he would do a round of questions and then go over to the little booths, right? Yeah. And kind of you to introduce yourself. Th- th-
3: yeah, I think in Either they did it at the end of the first round, or they did it between there's a ad break in the middle of the first round. I can't remember whether we did it before or. And that got you nervous. Yeah, that's the part I didn't like because one, I don't like. I didn't want to talk. I just wanted to give answers. Right. Excuse me, questions. Um and. Uh, the thing is you give them anecdotes and then he comes up and talks about one of them. So I didn't even know what he was gonna talk about. So now mm-hmm. I gotta be extemporaneous. Did the uh <laughs>
2: did the anxiety
3: kick in there a little bit? Yeah or yeah. just general nerves? It's um, the part I did not like.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember what his what his thing was with you, his anecdote?
3: There were a couple. Uh I, I was brewing at the time, so I had one about spinach wine. So he asked me how to make spinach wine. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Never brew on a dare. Um, <laughs> uh college bowl which i had done uh-huh um so we talked about that and um i think we might have talked about astronomy i'm not 100 percent sure but there were f- of course there were five days back then it was five days and you were out so we talked about it five times gotcha
2: what was he like did you get to like get to meet alex Trebek before or after the show no because
3: of the quiz show really? scandal you don't spend a lot of time with him because he knows oh, the oh i see
2: so you can't taint the jury so to speak yes
3: So you get a brief bit after the show, and then he goes back, and you go back and change clothes. We all change clothes, and then we come back out because you film five in a day.
2: Oh, okay. I see it now. You did five in a row the same day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did that uh, wear you down? No. Five shows in a row, the questions, you were just locked in.
3: No, I only did four in the first day because I wasn't in the first game. So I did four, and then I was going to do one the next day and fly home.
2: So after the show, you win, you guys are all hanging out. Is there any kind of like trash talking between contestants? No. You were like, you had what season? I was like, cakewalk, (laughs) man.
3: During the Tournament of Champions for that year, which I went back for, there was definitely sort of like, all right, that guy's a weirdo. In fact, he was from from Utah. I'm not even going to look up his name, but he was from Utah. He was the student winner, so he was there. And he was just weird. He was hanging out in the corner. I mean, even I was doing better than this guy. And the rest of us kind of sat around. I gave someone wanted to do a crossword puzzle I had, so I gave them crossword puzzle. Yeah. So she did that. And then when she gave it back, I, I corrected it.
2: Overall, would you say it's got <laughs> I corrected it. I did the crossword puzzle in pen. <laughs> Overall, would you say it sounds like a cool experience. That sounds like it was a good thing for you. You got a lot out of it.
3: Yeah, I got $62,000. <laughs>
2: yeah. Did you get anything just like from a status point of view? Like, hey, it was on Jeopardy, some pretty bright
3: minds, and I whooped some butt. It's It's useful. Yeah, it's a it's a good way to talk about yourself without having to talk about yourself. Sure, which I which was very useful at the time.
1: Are there Jeopardy groupies?
3: Oh, I haven't met any. No, uh, <laughs> maybe your
2: grandparents. <laughs> the ladies with uh, smartly dressed cardigans yeah. hanging out in the <laughs> parking lots.
3: I was recognized twice: once in a Trader Joe's, and once on campus.
2: Oh, really? Okay. That was
3: it. That was the extent of my fame. Notoriety here. Yeah.
2: So, like, fast forward all this stuff, where does the stand-up comedy come into play?
3: Well, that was something I always wanted to do, in fact. So I mean, you were
2: a fan of comedy for, for a long time.
3: Yeah, once again, just to, just to carbon date myself, um, I, I remember seeing David Brenner on Tonight Show mm-hmm. when he was big. He was probably 74. I would always watch the Tonight Show. When I knew there was gonna be a comedian on it and I watched Saturday Night Live from the first season. Because mm-hmm. Who
2: were your who who were people you really liked? Was there a couple comics or oh. comedic actors? that you just those were like people you were into? Like yeah. that's me in fully actuated form. Carlin.
3: We listened Carlin, you We like listen Carlin. to the little Davids all the time, uh-huh. which are AMFM and Operation Fool and Class Clown. Uh, we listened to those a lot. Gallagher before he went insane was big.
2: You like Gallagher, huh? Yeah. That seems like, like a name I wouldn't say yeah. you would be into, but you let go. I know,
3: just the first album. Okay. Because there were short jokes. I gotcha. And it's, it's, it's a I turn of phrase, yeah, use of know, words. It was before he started smashing fruit for a living. I see. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Monty Python. <laughs> what a dumb gimmick mm-hmm. that is. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: it was huge in Monty Python, and we got it almost first because uh, our public station in Dallas-Fort Worth was one of the first stations to broadcast it here mm-hmm. in 70. I'm going to say 76, 77.
2: Oh, so you were a fan from way back. Oh, yeah. When, did you go to stand-up shows growing up?
3: Uh, no, that involved going outside. Um, no. <laughs> not a fan of <laughs> at the time. No, I didn't really see much comedy. I didn't see much comedy when I was in Austin for those four years. I saw Carlin once. He came to town in 86. That's probably mm-hmm. the only show I went to.
2: Were you a Hicks guy? Did you like Bill Hicks? He was a uh, Texas guy.
3: Yeah, Hicks was okay. Um, he didn't tell a lot of jokes. Right. I was a
1: big fan of him, but he was a big conspiracy guy too. Yeah, he was a big yeah. conspiracy guy. But he had great jokes on smoking cigarettes and all this. Yeah, like they tell you know. I don't want to get into it, but we have a game show here. Uh, the Jason Harvey is the defending champion. He's not in studio because he's afraid to challenge you. I understand that. So I get a lot of that. The title is Up in the Air. It's Suspended from the Ceiling. Right. So it's yours to be had. Mr. Ramirez, what are we doing today? The last game show is music-based. I believe right. this is not.
2: Right, the first game, we did music-based. He had to guess, or everybody had to guess. I would give a song, and they had to guess. Its highest rank on the Billboard 100 at its peak and then we sort of took the scores and made it kind of like golf or who was the least away was the winner and Mm -hmm. he won so we changed the game around because we have one contestant here we're not going head-to-head it's just gonna be you we're going movies the way it's gonna break down is two movies are gonna go against each other two Oscar winning movies okay and you have to guess which one has the higher Rotten Tomatoes score
3: okay so the better movie
2: the better movie via Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. yeah. So all Oscar winners, these guys got good scores. The sure. scores all sure. are good. Yeah. So they're tight. So we're going to see. We got four matchups. We're going to see if you, how close to four for four you could go. And then you're going to set the bar to okay. it. So when Jason Harvey comes in, be like, Bemo, you know, he was on an off day. He only went three for well, four. Well, I think yeah.
1: Jason Harvey's got a, you know, when you're a WWE champion, And you don't defend your title for thirty days. You don't just become the number two contender once you give up your belt. You got to go back down the line, right? You know. So I think our first competitor will be uh, Christian Piper. You know, if you succeed, you know. Okay. So
2: are you a movie guy? Do you like movies?
3: I'm a movie guy. I'm not a critic guy, and this is the critic score, right? Not this is the
2: critics, yeah. Not the audience. Yeah, this will be good. It's gonna be set the bar. Got some good matchups. Think you can handle this?
3: Well, we're going to find out.
2: All right, we're going to find out. All right, first matchup, two Oscar-winning movies. The movie Rocky and the movie Chicago. Two movies that won the Oscar. Okay, what's, which movie are you more familiar with right off the I'm bat?
3: I'm familiar. I've seen them both.
1: Okay, so what we did then is we cut. Uh, play a little clip. Yeah, uh-huh. play some clips, get you familiar. <laughs>
3: I bet
2: you
0: want to know why I shot the bastard. (laughs)
1: Shut up, Tommy.
2: Mr. Billy Flynn in the press conference. Right. Notice how his mouth never moves. Oh, I would have guessed you're not a big musical guy. I'm familiar with musicals. Oh, you are? Are yeah, you? I've oh, seen, really? Full of surprises, BMO. Yeah, I've seen Camelot a lot. Have you? Okay.
1: Is it Gina Davis that was in Chicago?
3: No, it's Renee Rene Zellweger.
1: She was so hot, being thrown around like a Let me tell you this about draw. Renee
2: Zellweger. <laughs> There's no one made more of hay, more hay while the sun was shining from the years of 1996, to the years of 2001. Cause have we ever seen this girl in the They're last? They're
3: making Bridget Jones 3 right now.
2: That's what reminded me of this movie. Is like, where's this girl been? This girl's been under a rock.
3: She after this, she did Leatherheads, and then I don't think she did much.
2: I don't think so either. I think yeah. she had some some Bridget Jones, yeah. couple of sequels. Edge of Reason, but and then in the tank. You know who else falls into this category is Vivica A. Fox from Independence Day. Yeah. Everybody liked. Everybody liked the movie. Then she did a few stinkers. Made she,
3: hay. She did TV. I don't know how much. That's a shame?
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. So what is this going against? uh, It's going against
2: Rocky. It's going against Rocky,
1: yeah. Let's hear some Rocky sir.
2: Now, you must have seen Rocky. Yeah. What are your feelings on that movie? Sports movie, so I'm going to say you didn't necessarily like Rocky.
3: I did not necessarily like it. I watched it for Burgess Meredith, who I knew playing the penguin. It was the penguin.
0: (laughs) Yes. It
1: was filmed very well. The actors walked at an angle instead of straight at the camera. Uh, The wide and medium shite Shots the cameras were angled Is where you don't see that much I believe
3: it won best original screenplay
1: It sure did Um, Stallone wrote it too, right? Yes I always thought he was a dummy when I was a little kid too Like you'd just hear his voice in Rambo And this and that if um, you
2: judge Stallone just by his post-Rocky 80s movies, its I don't see how you have any other thought. Yeah. You're like, this, <laughs> this is, not, a, made this a is mo- not
3: an artist. He made a movie called Oscar, and it was terrible. Yes, <laughs> I remember
2: that. It was kind of like a Stallone. People were wanting to like Stallone again. Yeah. And it didn't the work The problem out. was
3: it was dialogue heavy, and he talks as if he's chewing raw meat. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Stallone. They, they teach that in acting classes, the Stallone technique. Yeah. You chew raw meat. Ugh.
1: That was a great movie, though. Like, it still holds up today.
2: Oh, absolutely. I have to watch Rocky once a year.
1: The it's pet shop scene movie. bothers me. Like, I don't know why, but you just don't see this jockish guy, like, going in and buying a goldfish and trying to swoon a woman that you wouldn't call out as beautiful. Like, you'd think this jock star wannabe athlete would Look for the stripper or something like that.
2: See, I always saw him as just on his last dollar. I never saw him as, like, anything that you aspired to. He was, like, down and out. He was the guy who was, like, he's, like, he said mentions the movie, he's, like, 30 years old. He's on the wrong side of 30. And this is, like, a last shot for him. And he's, like, a loan shark, so there's not a lot of likability to him.
1: Well, let's get some inspiration here see what turned him around. All right.
0: Because I think that people die sometimes when they don't want to live no more.
1: Nature's smarter than
0: people think. And nature is smarter than people think little by little we lose our friends, we lose everything we keep losing and losing till we say, you know, oh, what the hell am I living around here for? I got no reason to go on.
2: But with you kid, boy, I got a reason to go
0: on.
1: Written well so let's get on to the game.
3: okay. We got Rocky, Rocky or versus Chica- Chicago. Chicago. I Chicago really got its butt kissed at the Oscars, but I'm going to go with Rocky on this one. Going
2: with Rocky over Chicago.
3: Yes. You're correct, sir. Yeah, there we Rocky,
2: go. Rocky, 92%. Chicago, 87 Yeah. Is Rocky. That, it's always people who
3: can't stand musicals.
2: Yeah, I would say the musicals aren't going to hold the test of time like a movie like Rocky. Yeah. Just in general. 90, right, one, we're 90, one for one.
1: 92 sounds low. 92 sounds low, huh? Yeah. Some
3: people hate sports movies, too. Sports. <laughs>
2: it's, you know, critics with sports movies aren't typically kind.
1: But there's only, like, a couple of fight scenes. Maybe a little Stallone
2: right. backlash,
1: too. To it.
3: a lot of training.
2: It's a great movie. It's one of those movies I, I think is fully complete head-to-toe. Okay.
1: So what's the next one?
2: Okay, number two matchup. The movie Rain Man and the movie Forrest Gump. Sorry, wrong clip. So, you saw all these movies. Be like, "All right, you ever see Rain Man and it's just <laughs> Apollo Creed <laughs> selling used cars?" It should be. It's uh it's funny a lot of uh Vietnam knowledge by kids in their like mid 20s is all from Force. What uh, of the two movies, did you like one more than another? Are you a fan
3: of either of these movies? Not really.
2: Now you don't like them.
1: Forrest For- Gump didn't make you cry?
3: Forrest Gump was entertaining. Uh, the way they mixed the footage in was the documentary Dane. footage. What it was about here? the best part.
2: Oh, yeah, there's a the part where he's, like, shaking hands with... JFK? Yeah,
3: historical figures. You ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dane.
2: Yes, I know that. You wrote me a letter, you idiot. Well, well, Captain Forrest Gump. I had to see this for myself. <laughs> I think it's one of the movies that, man, like, um, when it's at the theater, you, you were forced to go see. Yes, you, were a you a had to see Forrest Gump, Captain. Like, if you were in eighth grade, your parents here, dragged you to it. I am a man. You're in college. You and your friends went to
1: go see it. Yeah, but did don't you don't cry really in it, Patrick? That that watching? No, I was
2: too young to understand. No. I mean, like, I think this is like I was a teenager to really like grasp what is going on. Politically, dramatically, I just knew it was a deep movie.
1: See, I had that in Rain Man. I think I watched that way too young. Uh, It Mm. came out kind of around the same time as My Left Foot, and I don't think I really grasped either of them.
2: All right, here's the Rain Man clip.
0: I'm sorry. This is not your car. It's my boyfriend's.
1: Yeah,
2: my dad lets me drive slow on the driveway. I'm an excellent driver.
0: But are you sure that you drive this car?
2: Of Only 28 miles on the odometer since I drove it a week ago last Saturday. It should be more than 28 miles. Look,
0: my boyfriend is coming. Of
2: course. Today's Monday. I I I always drive the car on Saturday. I never drive on Monday. What is
0: it? Who so is this guy? And then we can jump into
2: the car. Yeah, we can jump out. I'm an excellent driver. Yeah, that's good. Come on, come on. You know, I don't think Have I've seen, seen much of that in decades. He's not a he, toy. He says he drives this car. Yeah, doesn't drive slow on a drive? It's a movie. I, I think I know, but brown now brown now I think I, now now I can't remember red. a lot of it. I think we've all seen it. And if you're gonna you tell you me like what the synopsis it. of it, I don't think I could tell you.
3: Two hundred and forty-six you know toothpicks. I know this car.
2: Right, he counts toothpicks. Is that what he says? Is that exactly two hundred and forty-six? You this car. Definitely this car. I know he plays cards. Straight eight. Yeah, he counts. He counts cards. Right, I know that. But I I I think that's all I know from Rain Man. Is he
1: still at the Salt Lake Library? Because Rain Man was adapted after the Salt Lake City guy, um, right? Who had autism and he spent his whole life working out of the library.
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Hmm. I don't know if he's still around. Wow.
1: I know he was around a couple years ago when that documentary came out. But that'd be a fun field trip. We should go interview him.
3: I didn't even know he was
2: a real person.
1: Yeah. No, (laughs) he's here in downtown Salt Lake. (laughs)
2: I didn't even know that.
3: Wow, I'm going historical on
1: this. (laughs) So, Bimo, who scored better? I guess.
3: Let's see. uh, Rain Man's a Barry Levinson film, if I remember correctly. He's popular. What was the other one? The other one is Forrest Gump. Gump. Forrest Gump.
1: Tom Cruise was the co-star in Rain Man.
3: Yeah. Going to kill time. Here's a here's a annoying uh, fact about Forrest Gump. It made no money, according to Hollywood accounting. Whoa. And the reason, and even though it made half a billion dollars. Is that dollars, true? Made no money? Well, see, here's the thing. Winston Groom wrote the book, and he had monkey points, which is um, a percentage of the net as opposed to a percentage of the gross. And because of Hollywood accounting, the movie made no, oh. no money. So that when they came for him for a sequel, he says, I cannot possibly allow Hollywood to lose any more money on my books.
0: <laughs> it's Forrest Gump
3: lost. It's Forrest Gump. Month. And right. Forrest Gump is a mechus. Uh, I know every—actually, I think Rain Man's the better movie, but I'm pretty sure the critics preferred Forrest Gump, so I'm going to go with Forrest Gump.
2: Okay, I'm going to give you the scores this time. Rain Man, 90%. Forrest Gump, 71%. Oh, good. I agree with the critics. I can't believe that score when I saw it. That's
3: a solid C. 71.
1: Did Dustin Hoffman win Best Actor in that?
3: That's a good question. I think he did. So yeah, you're uh, one for two. And then after that, he did Hero, which tanked. That had Gina
2: Davis in it. Oh yeah, Jervis' a hook didn't win the Oscar, oh, as it turns
1: out. God, he should have.
3: One for two, Bimo. I know. One for two. That's that's uh, what one would expect statistically. Okay. <laughs> Just from guessing.
2: Thank you for your nerdy answer. All right, matchup number three: American Beauty versus Dancing, sorry, Dances with Wolves.
3: I hated both of these movies.
2: Too yeah, I'm not a fan of either of these movies. I'll have a Here's a clip from sandwich. American Beauty. I
0: think we deserve a little junk food after the workout we had uh,
3: this morning. Uh, this is Dance of Wolves, is that right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank See, you uh, let unedited
3: let version.
2: Me. You know, I think American Smile, Beauty was one of those movies smileys. we were told we had to like. Yeah.
0: Which, it was a good movie, like but at some point I was pie like, pie stick, I, I want to see Face $1. Off. i want to
2: see some stuff we seminar, so uh, I, buddy, I get it. Yeah. I Her get husband. why that's dramatic, we've but, we've but before, I feel the same way about Pulp Fiction. I never liked Pulp Fiction.
0: Well, you're wrong time. about that, but that's okay.
2: I know it's a good movie. I'm aware. But I just felt like I was more told that Pulp Fiction was good. Yeah. And I got mad about that.
1: So, to go back, Dustin Hoffman did win in 89 for Rain Man.
2: Okay, here's our... Dance with the Wolves
1: clip. And Dance with the Wolves cl- is
2: the movie that uh, you really had to set aside time. <laughs> you don't You're catch stoned. us. You
3: got, <laughs> got the triple on this, right? He got director, yeah. actor, and movie. All right.
2: This was a Kevin Costner, Costner. coronation. Ugh. Everybody was into that, dude.
3: They followed it up with Robin Hood, Prince, Prince of Thieves, Come. which is more like a thief of time Please, because I lost two and a half hours watching that garbage. Oh,
2: yeah. That was yeah. another one. That was another movie that was half movie, half soundtrack. Oh, Jesus. God awful. And uh, th- these are tough ones. I'm going to say right now, these are tough yeah. ones because I don't like either of these movies Neither per Neither
1: do I. Okay. So where are we at with it then, sir? Okay. You are one for two.
3: Yep. And we're gonna, its gonna be wolves or American Beauty. I think wolves
2: or potential uh, inappropriate relationship with a young girl from Kevin Spacey. Wait,
3: this, this That's nothing new in America. Uh, I'm going to go. I think, hype-wise, American Beauty probably has a higher score. You're going American Beauty. American Beauty, Alan Ball.
2: American Beauty, 88 percent. Dances with Wolves, 81 yeah. percent. You're
3: right, sir.
2: You're right. Two for three. Final matchup. Okay. So Final I, matchup. So I've
3: already got, even if I tank this one, you're at 50% I'm, if you tank shoot, it. 50% exactly statistically. I we don't have my start.
2: calculator with me, but I but think. But I don't you're think good. you
1: can get the belt at 50%. I doubt that. Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: All right. I'm loose with the rules, but that sounds fine. Okay. <laughs> Final matchup Braveheart, the movie Braveheart, versus
3: Driving Miss Daisy. Mm. Two Oscar-winning movies. Although Bruce Beresford did not win Best Director for it, even though he won Best Picture. That's weird. Hmm. That is interesting fact. Uh, you like one of these movies better than the other? I've actually never been able to sit through Driving Miss Daisy.
2: It's one of those movies, isn't it? Like you, you, yeah. you see it come on like TNT at ten forty-five at night. You're like, here we go. Yeah. And then you change it forty-five minutes. Well, out. you know what
3: happened. So why bother? gotcha
2: yeah (laughs) again it's one of those movies where i think you're looked at as a jerk for not liking it yeah you have to like it
3: it's like lee daniels the butler except he's a chauffeur that's basically all.
2: okay yeah a little like kind of like social commentary overtone to the movie too
3: yeah oh no i'm sure the play was great but that doesn't mean i doesn't mean i'm gonna sit through the movie okay so not a fan of driving Day. what about break you're a morgan freeman fan I like Morgan Freeman. He's made some terrible decisions, but
1: yeah. Glory—he was good in Glory. Well,
3: oh, Glory was one of the best f- films I've ever seen.
2: What are your feelings on Braveheart? You see this movie?
1: I saw it. I saw it in theaters. No, this is this oh. is not Braveheart. Is no, no, this is from from We listened no, to Braveheart. One. Oh, that's that's
2: up. I went backwards on that one. Jerk.
3: Not a fan of Braveheart either.
2: Okay, as an academic guy, were you bothered by the historical historical facts on it? Do you, of was it okay? No, it didn't
3: didn't pass the mustard. No, it was garbage. Historically, had, historically speaking, it was garbage.
1: I had to escort my mother out of that movie when the knife slit the throat of the princess or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh
2: right, it's graphic. Yeah. yeah. It's really graphic. He's just killing fools. <laughs> it, w-
3: it was practice for Passion of the Christ. Yeah, pre snuff.
1: Yeah,
2: there <laughs> you go. He he did all that moving in like the production or the edit room. He's like, I got something here. Yeah. Somebody make
3: a note. Although it didn't have Patrick McGowan as Edward Longshanks, Prince of Wales, which was good.
2: Oh uh, yeah, that did, did. Isn't there a part or a character in there where the king's got a weird son? Yeah, he's. Remembering got, this movie, right?
3: You gotta remember this is. Um, uh, Oh, crap. What's the, what's the actor's name? Crazy guy. The king? Yeah, no, no, no. The crazy guy, the, the lead.
1: Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson, that's it. Old anti-Semite.
3: Yeah, anti-Semite, weird, weird Catholic branch, fled to Australia. Uh, so, of course, the weird kid is gay, and he has an inappropriate relationship with someone else, so he throws him from the... Right, he throws down. him out the window.
2: Yeah. The stone window.
3: Defenestration is what that's called, when you toss really? him out the window.
2: Yes. It's bad that there's a term for it. Yeah,
1: (laughs)
3: it means it happens a lot. Hmm.
1: So who do you think the critics enjoyed more? Braveheart
2: versus Driving Miss Daisy. I think it's Driving Miss Daisy, hands down. Braveheart, 78%, Driving Miss Daisy, 81%. That's closer than I would have guessed. That is a very close score. All right, so you went three for four, sir. That's
1: a win for
3: me.
2: Three for four, so you are setting the bar. Three for four, it's going to be hard to beat.
3: 75%, that is a gentleman's C.
2: Gentleman's C, (laughs) yes, sir.
1: So a city are there a. any people in the city you think they can? So if we have you back, which we'd love to do, uh-huh. what would you like to compete against somebody else in? Because I think music works really well as an audio point. I'm not sure the movie does because you can't really talk over people talking. It doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, but
3: I'm terrible at music because I listen to NPR. <laughs>
1: okay, so.
3: <laughs> so unless they died, I've got no chance.
1: Okay, we'll figure hmm. something out for you. Maybe we'll do quizzes on scientists or we'll, we'll, we'll
2: oh how about some uh someone's uh, geography or geography Ooh. man
3: I, I know my world capitals
1: Ooh, Dude, you did you
2: know this that I saw on Yahoo News that Reno, Nevada is more west of Los Angeles yeah all right yeah
3: that's a, that's an old <laughs> chestnut
0: <All> right, <laughs> everybody
2: this would be a mo- if you're gonna if you're gonna douse all my points <laughs> these games are gonna be mighty short, professor. So All right. If, facts like that could be cool, though.
1: If people want to get in touch with you on Twitter, Bemo, where would they go?
3: That would be the at sign, Bemopolis, BMO, B-E-M-O, Polis, P-L-L-I-S. Or just follow some, some other comedian in the city and look for my name and his followers. Emotional abuse, right? That's, you know, that's my current name on there. Mm-hmm.
2: And a lot of people should know you got a lot of uh, good uh, uh, with the show at midnight tweets. When people tweet at the show when they're funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A
3: few people are annoyed by it. Yes. Who shall remain nameless, but we all know who Christian Piper is, so <laughs> <talk about
2: that. laughs> calling out C Pipes.
1: Oh, is that <laughs> on you the show I like it. There's a picture of you on Jeopardy. Oh,
0: oh yeah, oh, you yeah.
2: picture yourself at the nice right, suit, people nice go to that tie. can see what BMO mm. looked like mm. twenty years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, I've, or I, get unfollowed by him as he did to me. You is, unfollowed
3: Mr. Balloon. Yes, sir. I don't think I did.
1: Oh, you sure did.
3: I might not have known who you were. No,
1: I don't. You had no idea. Uh, we, I don't think we'd met. But um, nice cover. I enjoy your Twitter <laughs> follow. You're very funny. I love when you beat up Patrick Ramirez. Yeah, on we've had a few Twitter beatdowns, <laughs> a
2: few Twitter headlocks, if you will.
1: So now, is Andy Gold any good at trivia? Because he comes in here all the time, and he purges about how he's on the best show ever. And he'll give you some creditation saying that, you know, you're part of the team. Uh, Marty Archibald says you are the team. Um, I need some clarification. Because you guys play at... You guys
2: are a trivia team. You guys go out Trivia Night.
3: Okay. Here's Uh here's the thing. Andy Gold is a monster. (laughs) I think a few communities have called him that, too. (laughs) But...
1: Oh, that's I, a have, promo. I have
3: I <laughs> have I have huge gaps in my music knowledge, mm-hmm. mainly gangster rap, which, of which he is a friend. What? That's not the BMO I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if y- I cover anything that occurred before 1978, and he fills in the gaps for literally uh, like an, to an eight 96. track of knowledge. <laughs> yeah.
2: and it's at 78.
3: And music is always the part that I that I tend okay. to eat it on.
2: All right, so he helps out the music and you've got yeah. everything else.
3: Well he helps out some other stuff. He helps out on sports, although the pipes the, sports, pi- the yep. pipes covers that pretty well. He's a
0: well. sports guy. Does Marty He's a big get
1: napkins? Guy. Is like what does he do? Marty orders the wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's and a designated he, driver.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> he
0: said a like, thousand on those like, wings. A, like a
3: poorly carved block of wood <laughs> while the rest of us play trivia. <laughs>
1: gotcha.
2: You're a real murderous row of knowledge.
1: <laughs> well we've got a Get out of here. Jackson Banks' show will be on next. We hope to have you back in, BMO. I You're very fascinating. Three for fascinating. four.
3: Movie game. At okay. your leisure.
1: Okay. And uh, with that, this is all you Radio Patrick. You got any shows coming up?
2: Uh, shows. November. I am in Provo with the wonderful Nicholas Smith putting on his Dungeons & Dragons show. Never done it before. Should be fun. Um, come and check it out. Watch us. Uh, the make formal name
3: is Dungeons & Comedy, I believe.
2: Yes, yes. Have you done that show before? I've
3: done that show. I've done the. Okay. I've done the Dungeons and Dragons as well, but that was in a previous <laughs> decade. Be
2: headlining a Dungeons and Dragons basement party, <laughs> coming this way. Yeah, I'm there. Tweet me. Come out see it. It'll be fun. Beautiful
3: downtown Provo.
2: Hmm. Nice. We'll have a lot to look forward to.
1: Beautiful, and when. This show airs again. It will be Jackson Banks as your host. So we appreciate you, and hopefully, the on demand issues will be fixed soon. Thank you so much.
0: I see trees of green, red roses, too. I see them bloom for me and. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world I see skies of blue, and clouds of white The bright blessed days, the dark sacred night I think to myself